Uh, talk us through like um you know space northeast yeah and like how you got started with it it and everything so it's um what long story it is so uh so i I had a brilliant childhood um i had a very privileged i don't know if that's the right word privilege maybe yeah not not privileged we weren't rich or anything Mm. i just had two parents Mm -hmm. um and i had three siblings two brothers and a sister I lived in a lovely estate and had loads of good friends. Um, my life was mint. Like I, yeah. I, I couldn't have a complaint about my life. Lovely spot of parents. I never really had a death in the family until I was like eight. It was my granddad, but I was eight. You know, I think I'm pretty lucky to have never experienced mm-hmm. anything se- severe. You know, so I had a great life, great childhood. Um, and when I was 16, my mum and dad got a divorce, and that it's 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 so common. But I I, I always heard about the divorce. A lot of my mates. Their parents were separated and it never really struck me as anything that would bother me if it happened because we, we did have a really really tight family and there was we grew up in a small house yeah so it was like a small house with sort of six of us so i shared a bedroom with my two older brothers and then my sister my little sister had our own bedroom um but i loved that i absolutely loved it and so family was really a big thing for me when i was younger it still is now um but that like unit of a family, what we had was yeah. class. So when they got a divorce, I don't think I realised how much it affected us. Um, it's like one of the things where you don't process stuff properly, I don't think. So they got the divorce and I remember um, going to me, with my best mate, I went to his house and because it was a bit, me- I'm not going to details of how it happened, but it was messy. But um, I went to my mate's house and I just like broke down crying and I I didn't. I wasn't really a crier. And I just brought, yeah, and he'd never seen me. Just honestly, mate, just just exploded, yeah. like totally exploded. And I was like, "This is this is not." I was like, "I did, I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. I thought I was taking it fine. I thought it was fine, but I just broke down crying. And I was like, all night just crying. I was like, what is going on? I've never never been like that in my life. So life went on. Me mum dad broke up, and we thought it was difficult as you'd expect. But then I started to realise when. I went to sixth form that like I just didn't seem right. I just didn't feel right. Things weren't right with me and I ended up dropping out. I just didn't have any interest, interest in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we, we had like this calf next to the sixth form and we used to just go in there and uh, eat sausage sarnies, watch Jeremy Kyle, uh, like in between lessons. It was class. It was like right next to the sixth form. They had pinball machines and everything. It was mint. Big telly on Xbox. Yeah. So we used to just go in there when it was free periods, eat sarnies mm-hmm. and whatever. Just chat shit you know um but then i started doing that when the lessons were on and i was like i'm just not interested yeah and i sent me dad I, I came home and i said i want to leave sixth form and he was like why and i went i just i don't know i just i was defeated i, I looked defeated to him and he was like are you all right and i was like no i'm not i said like i feel like my life's got no purpose i feel like i'm just going nowhere like I, don't, I can't see the end of anything and he was like you sound depressed and i was like i'd never really heard that word before so i was like fuck um can I swear on it? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Too late now. <laughs> Too late, yeah. Um, Call me outside of that out, man. <laughs> effort. <laughs> it's effort already. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. um, so I've lost my train of thought now. Your dad said that, yeah. Yeah, so my dad said, he sounded depressed, so I went and seen a therapist. Um, he paid for like, a private therapist. Once again, just an example of how lucky I was. I had to have a parent like that. Um, who would pay and afford to pay for me to do that. Mm. So I went and sort of helped and then that was it um and i had i had like, only funny but i had I had the typical thing like a young 18 year old lad mm. i was 17 ish like i thought i thought you fancied us the third yeah. <laughs> i think that's a common thing uh, i didn't realize how common it was and i was going with dad i was like that's just definitely trying to run like <laughs> obviously wasn't she was like 55 year old and i was a 17 year old <laughs> uh, but it really sticks out in my mind how much by the end of it i was like i had this i'd made this real thing in my head yeah. about this relationship anyway. but anyway um <laughs> So that happened, and to be honest, after that, I just sort of, I felt like everything I did, I failed at, and I, and I did feel like everything. I joined the Royal Air Force, um, got injured there, so I got medically discharged. I loved it. I absolutely loved the Royal Air Force. It was so, like, the, the structure, the discipline, yeah. everything you did was amazing. Like, it was, oh, I loved it. Um, but I got injured, hurt my knee, and then my back, slipped a disc in my back. It was fucking sick. Um, so when I left there, uh, Went to university, tried university, and I realised that it was the total opposite of the yeah. RAF. 
no structure. Complete freedom. Complete freedom. Yeah. You left to do what yeah. you to do, what you want. So I just ended up drinking. Constantly drinking. I put about four stone on, um, just eating shit, drinking out all the time. Um and I soon by by third year I was I wasn't in a good place. Yeah. I'd lie I'd lie in bed and all day play on the PlayStation mm. till like six o'clock in the morning. Then I'd sleep until like one, get up, do it again, and then just that was just it's like I was like nocturnal, I was living through the night and yeah. then sleeping through the day. And that that's not good for you. Not yeah. good for me, especially when you're not eating properly and you're overweight and you're not seeing anyone. Uh so then I, I was I was really depressed by this point. That's why I was behaving this way, you know. Um and when I left, uh, well, I failed uni. Well, I, I didn't fail. I got a degree without honours, is what it was. So I failed a couple of my exams at the end. So I, d I had the credits to get a pass, like a, I mean, degree is a pass. Right. But I got a degree without honours. So I was like, yeah, there's another example of me not doing what I could have. And I knew I could have done much better if I tried. Uh, so I, I left and I went home, tried to move to Canada. So I thought, yeah, this is a fresh start. Like, I leave, I worked yeah. in a cocktail bar. I'll get a fresh start, move to Canada, Clean slate. live the life of mm. a tr young travelling lad. No, absolutely isn't what happened. I moved to Canada, stayed in the hostel for a week, found somewhere to live, moved in. Did you know anyone there? No. no you just randomly you moved to Canada? Yeah, just went. Went, went, went to Toronto. It's just, I just thought, <laughs> thought fuck it, I'm gone. Oh, wow, okay. I just, I'd save one later. Little, now when I look back in hindsight, that is just me running from all my problems like mm. I did all my life. I moved to university, I moved to Bristol. No idea why. I pick. I picked. I remember when I was in my first year for like my foundation degree. I was like, right, where's the furthest place I can go? And I went and I picked Bristol. Yeah. Why did I do that? You know, like one of the hardest things about it was I wasn't in my family, and I'm a really family-oriented person. So, Canada was another example of that. Went as I say, lived in a hostel, got pissed for a week, loved it, moved into my place, and then I'm living in Toronto, one of the most beautiful cities on the planet, and I spent two weeks lying in my room, in a dark room on my phone on TikTok, just scrolling through. You know, that's my yeah, scrolling. Yeah. Like, it gets you TikTok. So I like scrolling through for like two weeks. I'm in Canada. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And I was miserable. And I wanted to kill myself. I was like, I need to come home. So I said to my brother, I was like, Graham, I need to come home. And I, and, and I knew, like in my mind, I was like, everyone's going to be disappointed in this. Everyone's going to think I'm a, once again, I've tried something and it hasn't worked. Uh, and I came home and it was really hard. Really, uh, that was a really difficult point for me. So when I came ho in Canada and then coming home was like some of the darkest periods of my life. Uh, I remember living at my dad's when I came back and I was just empty. I was just an empty vessel of a person. And I, he, he made me get outside and cut the grass just to mm. like get me outside. And mm. um, at the time I was pissed off at him for doing it, but like I, I know why he was doing it. It, it was good what yeah. he was doing. Um, but I was so mindlessly just not there like it's lawnmower, I just ran over. It was wet. I just ran over the wire with the lawnmower, and he was like, "What are you doing? You got to kill yourself, sort of thing." And I was like, "Do you know what I mean?" I just felt like nothing. Um, so, in in like at this point, I started to write a diary because I was like, I was like, what? I might as well just write down these things that I'm feeling. Um, and then when I have to Canada, I feel obviously I got a job in a call center, which is like, it's like a Probably the worst thing you could have done at yeah. that point. Yeah, it is. I needed a job, yeah. and, but it was an easy place to get a job. And um, that was the real depth when I was in there. I, I'd been probably suicidal, I'd say, at this point, for about a year and a half. Um, and when I say suicidal, I wasn't trying to kill myself. But I was every day, multiple times a day, I thought about killing myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to die. I don't want to be here. Uh, which is, it's, I can say that now, and it doesn't bother us. Yeah, because um, I've made a point of myself to see it. Yeah, to see it. Yeah. So I was at this call centre one day and it was sunny. I was at my mates before I started work. We had, like, had the beers out and it was like the sun, sun was shining, music on. And I was overweight. Everyone had the tops off. I had my top off and I was looking at myself like, fuck's sake. And I just didn't go into work. I rang in sick. Um, and my brother rang us because I had the key for the house. And he rang me <clears throat> and said, Jim, can I get the key? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, you're not at work. And I was like, nah. And he went, why not? And I was like, don't know. And he sort of kicked off at us, understandably. And I just felt like 
piece of shit. And my sister came and got the key off us. And I remember her face. It lives with me now, this, because she looked at me. And her eyes were like wide as if she'd seen a ghost. She was like, I just, I don't know. I looked like a brother. Mm-hmm. And me and my sister were like best mates, you know? Uh, so I went home that day, sunny, red hot. I was in a messy bedroom. It was fucking dusty because I hadn't cleaned it. Horrible. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to kill myself. I'm taking my own life. Like, that is it. I'm taking my own life. So I was sat there thinking, how am I going to do it? And I was like, do I hang myself? Do I... It does get less depressing than this, way. Mm. Uh, I was like, do I hang myself? Like, do I f- take loads of pills? I was like, I'm just getting my car and crash into someone is what I thought I'm going to do. But then something happened in my brain and it was like a snap and it was it was like I, I fought back for the first time in my life I didn't let ev- I didn't let life just take the rug from underneath my feet yeah. something just clicked in my brain I got pissed off at myself and I was like it was like somebody else was inside my brain gone this is fucking not what you're supposed to do so and I, I think people laugh when I tell them this sometimes because it is a bit funny to think about but so my room was sort of similar shape to this and that wall was black like the back wall was black um, it was like my sister's old room was a like glittery black thing um, and I, I just pictured the shit that was inside of inside of me like the, the depression the anxiety the horrible feelings I had I, 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 I externalised it like, I pictured this shit this black mass on the wall mm-hmm. and, and I just at the top of my lungs I fucking screamed at it I just fucking screamed like fuck off and I screamed as loud as I could and it was like I felt like a rush I was like, I was, like, I was alive and I was like, like I fought back for the first time I wasn't just getting fucking like bitch slapped off this depression yeah. for the past ten years, and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna kill myself. Like, I've got too much to offer." So I went to the doctors. I walk. I walked to the doctors. Didn't have an appointment, and I'm so lucky for this. Like, so I walked in and I said to the receptionist, "I want to stand. Need help. I'm gonna kill myself." Is what I said, um, or something to that effect. And this nurse came and seen us. And now I'm not religious at all, but this woman was an angel. Um, I'm convinced of it. Yeah. Like she was just there when I needed someone and I went up she took me up now bear in mind how hard it is to get an appointment with the doctors if you're doing a week in advance even this woman yeah. took me upstairs right sat me down in the room for an hour and just listened she just sat talked I get goosebumps thinking about it she listened for an hour and she gave me the details for this IAP service like the psychological well-being service mm-hmm. and she phoned, phoned them up made an appointment got me to speak to a counsellor got me all this help and like for the first time in my life I was like fuck, I've got a way out. Like, I might actually not be like this forever. So I went home, told my mum, crying my eyes out. I was just crying, just uncontrollably. And I said to my mum, I was like, mum, like, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I need to help other lads who are going through this. Mm. And she, she said to me, like, and the words live with this, she just said, James, you can't help anyone when you're in the middle of it like this. Mm-hmm. And she's right, I, I'd literally, two hours earlier, yeah. I was going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? All I've done is been the doctors. But that was the first day space was born in my head. Um, and, and when I started writing my diary, and I was reading my diary the other day, I've still got it, I read it all the time. I wrote in my diary, I wrote like, because uh, I, I like to do this if, I'm, if I want to do something, I wrote a promise to myself. And I just wrote, I said like, I am going to, <clears throat> I'm going to set up a men's, me- I wrote a charity, we're well, not a charity, but we're going to set up, I'm going to set up a men's mental health charity to help other lads get out of the depression that I feel now. Mm-hmm. And I signed it, and I dated it. Um, and now there's a nice big tick next to it because I've done it. I've done yeah. it. So like five years after that point, um, space like came alive, which was massive. So that was the start of my recovery. And then a year ago, so it was April 22nd. It's actually not too far away from our year anniversary of our first group, but um, I set it up. And I basically, the idea was, was just I'm not a counsellor or a therapist because that's not what I needed. It didn't really help me. The counselling did when I went to, to see the uh, hospital. All I needed was someone to just be able to like talk to. It's somebody who said, I know exactly what I feel like, mate. So that's what I've tried to create. And now we've been going a year and basically we help lads. We get lads of all different backgrounds, all different problems. Um, but they're all we've all got this common thread between us. Right. And the lads come and they just like they get to talk it out when they've never been able to talk before, some of them, because they can't talk to wives or kids or whatever. They come here and they just talk to us. Um, and I guess, it's, so it's, as I say, it's a long story, but and there's so much stuff that happened in between that, like little mm. stories and stuff. But I guess the build-up of space was that. and So we are just a place where lads can come and just get help. Don't need to take their own life. 
that's the whole point is that we can be that intervention between so you've got depression you've got the worst period of your life you then go to the doctors for help and you might get a year waiting list in that year we can be there you can turn up it's free you don't need to sign up you can just literally rock up turn up have a cup of tea biscuit and have a bit of chat well I do who know what it's like to experience that mm-hmm. and honestly mate like it's I can't describe to you how much it works like it just it just works and it's, it's fucking crazy um it's everyone's different, obviously, and people have their own yeah. journeys and stuff, and how they get out of it. But the t- but like getting people together and talking, it changes people's brains. Like 100%. It, it, it really does, you know. So I guess that's in short, that's the story of space and how it came about. <laughs> that's such a beautiful story, though. Like yeah. how you want to turn that around and actually end up yeah. helping other people. Do you think, like, do you feel? Oh, I don't know how to describe it. Do you feel like you found your purpose now, oh, as opposed to totally, totally. Um, I, I wish I could. I wish I could let people see an insight of, of what, where I was, mm-hmm. and purpose is the perfect word for it. Yeah, I didn't have a purpose. I had no purpose. I had, um, I loved going out drinking, <laughs> and I loved going to the footy. And honestly, that was it. That was my purpose. I'd do that every week. Now I still do that. I still I still have a pint and go to the match. Yeah. But, I now my life is dedicated to helping other people. Yeah. And and that gives me huge amounts of purpose. It's everything, and I think that's what I think. Not necessarily this, but purpose is something that probably lacks in a lot of people. It, it's hard to find a purpose, you know. Yeah. Um, especially if you get caught in the rut of drink, work, drink, work, drink, work. Do you know what I mean? Like work all week, drink on the weekends. Mm-hmm. It's an easy trap to fall into. Like I did. So it's just a way to mask, like all of your problems, really, and you know, like going out drinking. Forgetting everything and then, yeah, back at it again the next day. There's a lad who comes to our group, and he said something. I, f- I just love it. He said, honestly, this is one of the best things about the group. The lads are so clever. They're so like the stuff they come out with is. Just, I'm like flawed sometimes, but really simple gems yeah, yeah. of knowledge. And this lad said, uh, like, because we were talking about the difference between men and women mm-hmm. and how they deal with depression and how they deal with problems. Because obviously men are seventy five count for seventy five percent of suicides, and it's the biggest killer of men under fifty, which is people don't realise that. Such a bigger than yeah. cancer, car accidents, anything suicide yeah. is the biggest. Which people don't even realise, and, and and basically he said that women go out to talk about their problems, men go out to forget the problems, mm-hmm. and I was and he said mm-hmm. it. I got goosebumps. I was like, that's what I always did. I would go. I'd get a wonga loan to get out the lads. Yeah. Just to get out and get pissed. Yeah. Because I knew once I was out, I'd be drinking, I'd feel good, yeah. have, have yeah. a laugh, to piss, and then the morning comes, hungover. I feel even worse. You've, you've, you've got to pay one girl on back next month. <laughs> like, no wonder, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, and I love that. Like, men go out to forget, women go out to talk about the problems, and men go out to forget the problems. And I think that it's a really fundamental difference between how men and women treat. Do you think it's it's a deep-rooted issue in the way we're actually, like, raised since w- when we were little kids? Yeah. Because I, I don't know how it can't be. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, because, I don't know, I, I think a traditional role of a, of a man has always been a protector or mm-hmm. a provider. Uh, it's always yeah. been the traditional role of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's probably been the case throughout the entirety of history. Mm-hmm. And I think... The connotations of being a protector is putting everyone else's needs before your before yeah. yours. Fundamentally, yeah. that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. To protect is to put yourself in front of somebody else. Yeah. Help somebody else mm-hmm. who needs help more than you. And I think it stems as just a mindset stems from that. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that mindset yeah. of protecting people and providing. I think it's important. Um, I think it's quite often who we a lot of us as as men probably identify with a lot of that. Mm. You look after your family. You want to look mm. after your kids. You know, it just feels like you want to protect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that through the it's entire animal kingdom, thing, not yeah. just humans. Yeah, not, yeah. Not just humans would do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, <coughs> but as a result, but you know, I, I, I you, think, you hide your emotions. Yeah. And I think we do, and ultimately, I don't think it's just talking. I don't think it's just talking. Yeah. I think a lot of what you mentioned before, purpose is a really big part of it is if you're putting everybody else's needs before your own, which probably most men do um, when it comes to family, they put most 
most of their family's needs before their own. If you mix that in with doing a job you fucking hate and maybe he's, he's struggling to make ends mm. meet, you're drinking, sniffing, whatever yeah. it is, you add all that in the mix and all of a sudden you've got somebody who isn't taking care of themselves, who doesn't look after their own needs first and has done a lot of things that are not going to make them feel very good. You know, If you live a life indoors all week, you drink, smoke, you take drugs, and then you're also putting all of your family's needs before your own, like, you're going to end up in a bad place. You just are. Because you, you need to take care of yourself, yeah. whether that's through limiting how much you drink, getting out, outside more, whatever it is. It's, it, it's so, I think it definitely is a part of how we're raised as men, but I think there's also... Um, it's an aspect of how society functions now. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. A lot of what we do is inside and indoors, and like work from home. Yeah, and it. like deliveries. Yeah, like I was thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, even like deliveries, you can sometimes just stop in because you're waiting for a delivery. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you're like expecting yeah. a parcel, whereas before you just went to the shop and got it. Yeah, which is actually social. You're at least getting out, seeing the, seeing people, talking to people. Uh, uh, There's a lot of things that's happened nowadays, which is forcing you to stay in. Yeah, like be. Because there's no reason to go out. Yeah, yeah. You literally, there's, there isn't. Everything just delivered yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Foods, literally everything. Groceries. Right. Everything. Like, if if you like, even before, say thirty years ago, if you wanted to go and get shopping, you'd have to go out. Mm. If you wanted to go and get some meat, you have to go to the butchers. People would go to church. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All these little mm. things that people used to do. A lot of people used to work outside more. Yeah. All these little things that we just don't do anymore. We don't have that community side of things because. Nah. Everything's online. Like you've got mm. your community online. It's not the same. It, it really isn't nah. the same. How much better do you feel when you've sort of spent time with people rather than yeah. just texting? Like, it's funny because you said. You remember the you said about during breaks you went to the bacon sarnie shop and you had yeah. a good time with your mates, whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's taken away now. You can just order a bacon sarnie and just stop in. It's not the same, is it? Like it's not the same. Uh, I mean, you go down a rabbit hole with this with all this stuff, but mm. you look at even like music. TV, like music, you've got Spotify, you've got all of the yeah. all of the world's music at your fingertips now. Yeah. Before you'd have to go to a record shop, look through the records, yeah. what do I like? You know, you'd have to go and buy something and take it home yeah, and yeah. then listen and you'd listen to a full album because you've bought it and then, yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. now you're like, you put a song and you're like, shit, sc- sc- sc-, you know what I mean? And you're just, yeah, 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 song. yeah, 100%. It's, it's true throughout loads of different levels of society. And we're the first generation of kids to kind of go through that. Like our parents had a childhood which I think was a... They had a mix of both. They had a mix yeah, of yeah, both. Definitely. But we, we, we're now, like, especially the kids nowadays, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? They're like, yeah, the yeah. first job could be work from home. The first, like, they're delivering everything from Amazon. They don't even know what it's like to go to the shop and try something on. I think we're COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're COVID, like, you, did you just go to university at all? No, he, he did. You got university. Yeah. So, like, COVID, you look at that, like, people started university through COVID. Like, yeah. They had the they university from home. Oh, like, online still paying nine grand a year yeah. but like imagine what that'll have done to some people 100 you know what I mean yeah like it, it it's all these different like we were just saying felt like we were retreating from each other yeah yeah slowly getting more isolated and I'm glad I've came around that word because that is the word I hear more, most often at old groups yeah isolated isolated every time it, that, that is the common thread is the isolation there's no opportunities to meet together and just talk like you said the only time you do that is in a pub mm-hmm. or like a festival or something which is like you're, you're doing something when you're off your tits, yeah. <laughs> and it's like there has to be opportunities where people are doing things like taking action in a good way. Yeah, definitely. And it's very hard to find that these days. You know, like even like even when guys do talk, they don't they don't talk about nah like nah. their problems or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do you know what I mean? You just talk about things that are fun or that you enjoy talking about. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like I think if you go out and you see like. Most most of the time, I would say my mates it was going to match. Love them. I love the footy. I'm a Sunderland fan. Have been since I was four year old. But as long as I can remember, yeah, I uh, loved it. I went to Roker Park. Uh, I was at the last game there, and I, I loved the football. And that was that was my escape. But that was where that was. I think that's one of the last bastions of like a real community. Yeah, yeah. That 100%. we still have. Yeah, yeah. Existed, yeah. 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 It's like it's, it's it hasn't changed since it used to be. Like, yeah. It's it's. It, you still go to the pub, you meet mm. your mates, you all go over together. That's one thing that can never be taken away. Yeah. That's what's the good thing about football. Is, um, there's no girls involved. <laughs> you know what I see? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> Trying to get us cancelled. <laughs> Space North East is not a 
but, but is the one like it's like a traditional like it's, yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's a community led thing isn't it like you go with your dad your mates whatever mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's mint it's, it's like you love it it's not much else you do that, that involves yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like it's, it's, and it's sad really like it is sad because there's, there's what else can you do like yeah what else can you actually do apart from play football you know what I mean it's uh so what do you actually do in these organisations? Do you do you just come together and talk, or do you have activities? No, no. So we've we've got like three. So the past year we've been trying to establish is just our talking groups. Talking so groups. Our talking groups are there. It's the every Wednesday free um, at the Beacon of Light in Sunderland. So every Wednesday you can come, turn up, cup of tea, cup of coffee, whatever you want, have a big chat. You can see as much or as little as you want. You can just come to make mates, as a lot of the people do. Um, and it's just talking, and, and so we've got space has sort of three, um, three overarching, I guess, strategies for how we want to function. So space to talk is one, and it's why I've chosen the name space really. So space to talk is one, and that's that's our fundamental, that's our bread and butter. That's what we do every every week. Mm-hmm. And then we've got space to walk. So just we've got a campaign this year called Walking to get blokes talking, because um, we had a massive walk from South Shields to uh, the Stadium of Light. Couple weeks ago, which was insane. That's really nice, yeah. It, honestly, man, yeah. I, I couldn't That's believe it. Walk. Yo, walking is so underrated. Yeah. Oh. You know, people don't realize how sick yeah. it is to just walk. It's it's you know what I mean, like really good. Yeah. Like yeah. it's good for you. Yeah, it, yeah. It's good for you, and, and like you feel mint. Everyone's yeah. just having a laugh, and like you never have you never have like an awkward walk. Really, it's just you're just walking. Like yeah, yeah. If you're quiet. You're quiet. You just enjoy the walk. Mm. Um, so that, that's a big part is, is what we've talked about is like getting people a community together but also getting people moving and outside because I'm a firm believer in that the outdoors just totally transforms your brain mm. like it, it taps into something that yeah. just really makes you feel good yeah. so getting us outside so that's so we had like space to talk space to walk and then we've also got space to think this is our third one where what we're doing is we're hosting we're trying to basically bring speakers really good so you know like TED Talks mm. like that kind of thing if you want to go and see a TED Talk you, they do happen in Newcastle sometimes now but you've got London, Manchester, you say Paris, say Los Angeles, all these places. But I'm like, if somebody from Sunderland wants to go and listen to someone, yeah, yeah. you're not going to Paris. Yeah. I'm going to fly to to say someone talk about fucking software. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, some shit like that. I want to try and bring people to Sunderland. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The space to think is we're getting people, good speakers from universities, because we've got amazing universities in the Northeast and, and, and industry to come and do talks on what they're doing. Um, so like we've got one on May the 4th, which is an astronomy talk. Um, so we've got like a, a place in town called Port Independent they're going to host us and we're just going to start bringing speakers in so I guess that's the three sort of areas that we operate in we, the idea is being that we have space to walk space to talk and space to think and trying to address some of the problems that we mm. that I hear about every week mm-hmm. what people feel like they struggle with you know I think it's also you like you said five years ago yeah. you had this idea to do space now you're yeah. talking about like people coming in to do talks yeah, on astronomy and stuff and that's so sick and like how far you've came from yeah. from an idea at the start to like nah. the stuff you're doing now like a walk that you just did yeah. bro that's sick man like that, that's actually so like I rate that yeah. I probably respect it it's, uh, yeah. I appreciate it mate because do you know what I think when you're in my position I don't feel like I, I never reflect on it like that you know what I mean you know, I don't think you ever give yourself any credit for it because you keep moving. Yeah. You've got it. You've, you want more. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to do so much more. And it's called Space Northeast because I don't just want to help Sunderland. I want to help Newcastle, Durham, mm. Middlesbrough. Do you remember? I want to help all parts yeah. of the Northeast. That's the whole point. Is because these issues aren't just in Sunderland; they're in everywhere. everywhere. For sure. Everywhere. And the Northeast is the worst in the country for suicides. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? yeah. It's the worst. So not numbers, but rates. So the actual percentage of people who commit suicide right. Right. highest in the northeast compared to anywhere else so you, you get i think the southeast wow. has more but i think we have a higher rate so right. it's per, per right. hundred thousand people uh-huh. i think there's um was it 14 or 15 people per hundred thousand and 75 percent of them are men and then i mean if you're under 50 if you're 45 to 50 you're the highest risk of death statistically speaking obviously is suicide like 45 to 50 you know, I thought that would have been like prostate cancer. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Heart yeah, attack or something. Like health related. Suicide, yeah. Most people who kill themselves are 45 to 50 year old men. Like in them, that's that's pretty odd. 45 to 50. Yeah. So, what, I don't know if you made, made this connection, but what usually happens at 45 to 50 year old 
usually a midlife crisis. Yeah, they've been through life. You know what I mean? Everything's over. Like they've had the kids. Yeah, it's you might have gotten married young, had kids yeah. young. You spent your life doing a job you didn't like, just like we yeah. talked about before. Yeah. I mean, I'm making huge generalizations here, but just for the yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, and you get that age, and you think either my relationship's died with my wife, um, I don't have kids, or, or I've had kids and they've gone, and, and you're like, what the fuck do I do? What, what's, what is my life? Where's my purpose gone now? My kids have gone, I'm doing a job I don't like. You know, it's, it's a difficult time of life for men and women, but I think it's, um, as I said before, I think women probably treat it differently to men and handle it better for one reason or another. Because yeah. yeah, it's, it's not looked down upon girls when they talk to each other yeah. about these things no, but for not. guys for whatever reason it's almost like oh you should just like well i feel like there's no pressure for a woman to be like career driven or like to have goals to have like oh i need to make this kind of money because i need to provide like i think i don't think a female is raised to be like like a man like a, a man's raised to be like you have to have a good job like you have to be yeah, yeah, making yeah, money yeah, absolutely like you don't have a choice but to do this because yeah. you're going to provide one day yeah. whereas i don't think a girl's raised to like be aspirational from a young age like you have to get gold medal yeah. you have to be it's a pressure isn't it it's yeah yeah because yeah. i think like if you i don't know i think if you're a man um actually it was chris rock who says this i don't know if you've if seen it he's clipping it and it really spoke to me and it, it, he says that in society, the only th- um, was it <clears throat> men? Oh, I'm trying to think what it was. So he says women and dogs are loved unconditionally, but a man is only loved if it can provide something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is that in society, that's the truth. Is that like women and dogs are loved unconditionally, but a man, a man, is only loved if he, once he provides something. Yeah, I think that's quite true. Like in a lot of ways, I mean, it's if if you don't have a job as a man, you don't have money, you don't have a house or whatever it is. What's your chances of attracting a, yeah, you're a, a, a true? Most you bring no value. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you, mm-hmm. No matter how attractive you are, I think if you haven't got, if you've got no sense of purpose, you've got no direction, and you know, like you, you're not looked upon very favorably by anyone. Yeah. yeah. And it's sad. You know, it, re- it really is sad because it doesn't have to be that way. Um, you know, no, nobody like men and women have got it. We've both got it hard in a lot of different ways. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 yeah that that's exactly right it's like women and men they've got different problems but it's different yeah, yeah. it's like it's not the same like yeah problems guys go through is the stuff we've yeah. we've been talking about it's like mm-hmm. the, the pressure of having all of these things mm-hmm. is kind of um like put on them since such a young age yeah, yeah it is, like yeah. naturally and it's just in the back of our heads yeah. as we're growing up mm-hmm. like we we need we need to we need to have a good job we need to like be providing all of these things. It's yeah, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if that's like something fundamentally inside of us as well, or whether it's something that comes down from society or parents or whatever. Because I know when I didn't have any of those things, I felt worthless. You know, mm. Mm. I, I felt like I had no worth, even though I'm, I was just me. Like I'm still, I'm still that same, same. I'm, I've behaved differently and I don't feel the same, but I'm still that person. Just the only difference is I, I don't, feel, I feel like I've got worth now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I wonder where it's like chicken and the egg, isn't it? It's like what come what comes first, I guess. Um, but yeah, but I think you've had a huge mindset change as well. Oh, like. Yeah, ma- massive, massive. I, I still struggle. I, not not in the sense of depression. Obviously, still have me bad days. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, like, I don't think yeah. I don't think that's any worse than anybody else. I, n- I never think we're killing myself. I know that. I haven't done for years and years and years. Actually, I lie. Right, one I had one day. Uh, I'd just gone. I'd just gone through a breakup. I was living at my grand's and it was like Groundhog Day. I'm like, fuck's sake, is this happening again? And I woke up and I had the thought popped into my head. But it was it was almost like a, like a, what's the word? It, it, what's the word? It was an earthquake and like you get the after, like the after, after thing. Yeah, yeah, like an after, it was like a, just a, tr- just, a ripple effect. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like all stuff had just sort of just jumped in my head again and but what I did was, it was how I, how I acted and I was like, I'm proud of myself because when it came into my head, I thought, right, is this actually real or, or is it just, I'm just having a shit time and it's just an old, yeah. an old neuron just fired up, you yeah, know, like yeah, old yeah. synapse just, just clicked. But I literally, I closed my eyes and I, I faced the window, I closed my eyes, took deep breaths for 30 seconds and it was gone. And what was it? Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that, that's the difference of, 
where now I've gone through all that shit. Yeah. I feel way st- stronger for it. And I feel like I've got the tools to be able to deal with it now. And, um, and, and you're right, the mindset change is different because now I can look at it instead of drowning in it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know it's not real. It's just a part of life sometimes, you know? It's crazy, isn't it, how like our mind can be like our strongest friend, but at the same time, it can literally... <sighs> Kill like, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It can literally just switch up crazy, just like yeah. that. And it's it's all in your head. Yeah, it's yeah. literally it your own mind. But you have yeah. to develop that strength by going through the pain. Like yeah, you have you to think? get shot nine times for the tenth time for it not hurt anymore because yeah. you're so used to the pain. Yeah. Like I think you have to go through the shit times. Yeah, you, so you, you develop that mental toughness in it. Like to- totally, myth, totally. I mean, I, I know if I didn't go through that, I don't know what I don't know what my life would have been like if I didn't go through it. Mm. I wouldn't have been doing this, for which, sure. which yeah. is yeah. Which is like, as I say, it's my purpose now. I'd have been, I went to university, I went to sixth form, studied English language. What the fuck was I doing that for? Like, I was never interested in that. And like, I, I do often think what my life would have been like if, it, if all that Could have been an English teacher. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Could have been a fucking English Could teacher. Could have been Shakespeare, man. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, but, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I love how you wrote it down. I think it's very important. I think people don't do that. Like, you, yeah. you know, writing it down, yeah. writing your goals down, and you said put the tick. I do it on my, on my phone, my notes. Yeah. Yeah. You know that green tick? Yeah, yeah. Even the yeah, small goals, I put in like, I write down goals for today mm-hmm. or goals for next week, and I put like that green tick. After, well, it feels awesome. good, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it gives you a little confidence, like, yo, I did it. Costos. You know what I mean? I, I watched yeah. this, have you seen the video of the guys, like American sergeant or something, like Navy, and he talks about um, making your bed, the importance of making your bed? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He says, like, Every morning, get up and make your bed. And he says, because no matter how much of a shit day you have, like he said, the reason is you've you've cr- already you've completed a task. Yeah, yeah. you've got up, yeah, completed yeah. a task already. And even if you have the worst day, ever, you can still come home to a made bed. Yeah, yeah. and I was which like, is so sick. Yeah, I've, I've, I've made me bed every day since then. Oh really? Every oh, day, every day, I, I make me bed. Um, and it's just a small thing. I'm not necessarily a tidy person by any means. Yeah, but I make me bed. Um, it's very every true. Every day though. makes a difference. Mm. Like those little. Little, little things it all adds up to yeah. a bigger picture it does mate definitely the, 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 um, the one tip I would definitely give people is like is writing stuff down it, it's huge because it, it, it's yeah. a physical expression of your thoughts yeah. yes it, it's, it, if, if you imagine it as you've got all this shit circling twirling around in your head you write something down it's like that thought's coming out your brain down your arm and onto the pad yeah. and it's yeah. out you're expressing it you're a physical expression of the thoughts like, like why people do art you know mm. like they're expressing themselves through art Writing is just the same, like when you write down how you feel or you write down your goal, what you want to do, what you want to mm. achieve, whatever it is, it gets your brain thinking differently and you think, yeah. oh, I need to do something. Like when I wrote that, when I wrote that promise to myself that like, I, I knew that that was always there, that I couldn't get rid of it because yeah. it was written down. I couldn't yeah. Yeah. always go back and look yeah, at it. just look at it and go, I fucking did it. Like you know what I mean? fucking... The yeah. progress that you've made yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. like it's physically there yeah it is <laughs> and it's, it's, it. you can see it in the rest of the book as well as like the ent- me journal entries mm-hmm. were, yeah. were like I wrote, I wrote like time date um, and it was, it's funny to read back because there's all these different like entries and um, you talk about ex-girlfriends and you're like you sort of laugh now do you know what yeah, I mean you're like yeah. what the fuck was that thinking yeah you know? and then, but then then I go through and like some days are good but some days, like one of the days, it was just a black scribble. I just scribbled yeah. it on one page. It's obviously a dark day, you know. Um, but then you, go, then I, I look back now. I, I write in it every three or four months now, just once at one. Mm. And I just sort of almost checking in with myself, like just like feeling good. And I read those entries now, and I'm like, fucking hell, I've came so far from where I was. And I mean that in a personal sense, not, mm. not a career or anything like that. I mean, mm. just came so far yeah. from how I used to fail every day. Mate, you need to release a book, man. I want, <laughs> I want to read your book. <laughs> about your history and so I don't think it's that interesting you know but like Steve Jobs says he says like the dots only connect looking backwards yeah. like as in you only know you only laugh at those moments like in the future yeah, exactly yeah. you, you only like realise the stuff yeah, in it, the future yeah. like looking it, backwards exactly I think that's comforting me though mm. even when you're in the middle of it then mm. if you're having a shit time you think like I know one day I'll be able to look back on this yeah. and, yeah. and laugh it's going to be worthwhile in the future yeah, yeah. you just think I, I know I'm going to be able to look back and see that was nothing. Mm. I experienced it, mm. and it was gone. And and this is that really famous saying when they say this too shall pass. And it's one of, one of my good mates, Chris. He he runs a mint. Um, he's like a genius. He's gonna solve the world, save the world. Him like, um, 
He's someone you should get on your podcast, by the way, Chris. Yeah. What a legend. But he said, this, this too shall pass to me. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it because everything passes, like whether it's good or bad. So whether you're going through a shit time, mm. that will pass. And, and when people think when they're happy, it's like a, it's a fragile state because they think I'm never going to be happy all the time because that passes as well, you know? Yeah. And then there's, there's like real comfort in, in, t- in knowing that life can be shit. Yeah. And life isn't, you're not meant to be like happy all the time. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, who is? Yeah, yeah. Nobody. Yeah. You're not meant to be happy. Yeah. And like, that's, in, in the, the more you believe that, the, the, the fucking sadder you'll feel. Like, why am I not happy? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not supposed to be happy all the time. Who the fuck is, really? Yeah. It, it's just about like, life's shit. Yeah, accept life. Can, not life isn't shit, but life can be shit. Mm-hmm. Shit yeah. things happen. Yeah. And you just accept it. And when you accept that life is shit, all of a sudden that pain of not feeling. I keep saying life is shit. Life is not shit. <laughs> life can be shit. Yeah, once you shit. accept yeah, yeah, that, yeah. like you stop fighting it. Yeah. You stop fighting yeah. the fact that you're not happy. If you know what I mean, um, you just accept it. Like this is this is what it is. Yeah, I can't. This is what it is. I, I I used to have. I I used to think right. Have you seen the Truman Show? No. It's Truman Show. Yes. Jim Carrey. Yes, of course, Mid. bro. Mid. Love that movie. Such such. Mid, a good I movie. watched it so late, like last year. Yeah, People have been telling class. me to watch it, bro. It's How good is that? Unreal. And it's it, it's so on point with how humans think yeah. because we all think everything is made for us we think mm. we are so special mm. and that everything is just here for us perfectly yeah. and it's not the truth and I used to always think I'd take so much pain because I was thinking life's supposed to be better than this like why the fuck am I miserable life is supposed to be better for me Yeah. and when I stopped thinking that life was made for me mm. I stopped going with that it's all right then to feel yeah. a bit like shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not supposed to be fucking roses all the time. Um, I, I think I know Jordan Peterson's a bit divisive for different people, but he's got some amazing knowledge gems. And I watched a video of him the other day on his podcast, and he talks about the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And he says if you pursue happiness, um, that's fine, but happiness doesn't always last. And when that goes, you've got what you're left with. You've got nothing. But if you pursue something meaningful, that's more important because that can always be there. Do you know what I mean? The pursuit yeah. of something meaningful. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. it gives you sort of fortitude. It, it, it gives you strength and um, happiness can come as a result of that, uh, which which I love that. I think it's so much, it really resonated with me. Yeah. It was like, I, I, that's what I did. I stopped pursuing happiness. Stopped thinking I need to be happy by going to Canada or Bristol or uni or all this shit. Yeah. And I started going, right, wh- what can I do to be, what can I pursue that's meaningful? And I honestly think that was what's turned my life around. It's pursuing something other than my own, hedonistic or selfish goals, you know, because that's the truth. It, it is, as a young lad, you think, I want to go to the place where there's the most women and there's the most parties and, mm. you know, yeah. I didn't find any, I didn't find any happiness in that. I really didn't. I find it, like, so crazy that you went to Canada. Like, I think, I think, you know, the impulsiveness that you have, mm. I think that's also very important. Like, successful people have that. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, you know, like, the impulsiveness to start a business, yeah. the impulsiveness to, like, go to Canada. Yeah. Because these moments could be the impulse to start a charity mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like um, it's a good skill if it's used the right way. That, that's 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 the you know what I mean. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because a lot of people can have yeah. uh, ideas, but they won't act on those ideas. Like, people can have ideas to start a charity organization, but they can't impulsively start because they think too much into it. Yeah. Like, you have the skill to like, I'm gonna do it. That, well, I'm gonna move to Canada. It. I'll like, figure it out. That yeah. that is a good skill to have yeah. if it's used. Yeah. The right way, but that's the problem, isn't it? Like, but that can also yeah, kill you. you have to like, figure out. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's too. It's everything is, everything's needed in balance, and mm. it is good. Mm. It is like Im- impulsively is one of the things I hated about myself because I was very impulsive. Yeah, and I still am. Like I almost bought an Audi the other night. And I was like, what? The fuck am I, doing? <laughs> I didn't need an Audi. Do you know what I mean? What am I doing? And I, I like pull myself away from it. I think, just chill the fuck out. I didn't need one. Um, and, yeah, so like you're right because that I I got so much shit off going to Canada mm. off the lads, right? As the lads did, you take the piss out of each other. Yeah. I went and I came back three weeks later. I got fucking tortured, and I mean tortured. Nobody knew I was wanting to kill myself in Canada. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Nobody knew any of that shit. Um, and it's what used to hurt when I got the piss took out of us. But in in my mind, I would always think, well, I don't actually care because I had the fucking balls to go and do it for one. Yeah, and now I've done it I know I don't want to do it like yeah, yeah, I yeah. could have took a safe option yeah, yeah. from 18 or whatever and just got a job that I do you know what I mean I could have done that but I didn't I always looked for something a bit more mm. like, I wanted I wanted something more 
um, for myself. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't never sit, and I, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. I, I could never have sat in something mundane. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I always wanted to like. I felt like I wanted to do something or help people or just be somewhere exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I was always just looking externally for that and I was looking elsewhere. Like, that's why I went away. Yeah. And really, I, I, I guess I found, I, I found that thing yeah. through years of depression, years of feeling like I was worth nothing, you know? That's where I found me worth, which is a bit um, counterintuitive, really. Have you read David Gong's uh, book? Can't hurt me. No, it's supposed to be amazing though. Yeah, I want to I wanna read it, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Because I think uh, the stuff that you're saying is very, um, I'm pretty sure he talks about these things. Yeah. And because he was like fat, breed, fat, overweight. <laughs> and he was saying how like he had to go through those things and mentally think that he's yeah. better and mentally yeah. like think long term yeah. about the place he can be in. And he, 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 he couldn't even run like a quarter of a mile. Yeah. Right now he's running two hundred mile marathons. I I don't think he's human, mate. That's yeah. crazy, isn't it? I like, just, honestly, I think he I think he was like dropped on this planet by an alien or something. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. Like he fell out of a spaceship or something. He's just like, right, fuck. Yeah, but <laughs> I think that I think every man has to go through that. I think like it's important. Yeah, fuck, it's, you know, it's like so important. Like David Goggins couldn't just come out the womb and just run two hundred miles. Yeah, then it wouldn't be David Goggins. He'll just, no, he'd no. just be a normal. But like the fact that he couldn't run quarter of a mile. Because he was so overweight, to then do it is what I love about him. It's fucking mint. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, of course, yeah. It's 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 the like, it's the archetypal story of sort of nothing going from mm. nothing to everything. Some, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's taken he's taken his experiences as being black in America, yeah, yeah. being racially abused, called everything under the sun, and having been beaten by his parents and stuff, um, to going like losing all that weight. Navy sales doing like the most intense exercise on yeah, it's not yeah. even exercise at that point it's punishment like three hell weeks yeah literally punishment yeah, it is punishment yeah. self-punishment he punishes himself <laughs> but to make himself better yeah and I, I don't know about you if you do this I know someone like one of the lads from TC at Trinity Club I, I spoke to him about it before and it's like it, when I used to run I, I'm not a good ex I'm not good with exercise I just fucking always just flaky as fuck yeah I just am and, and I get better at that it's my next project and yeah this is just start getting fit um, but like when I used to when I was running like I used to always get Goggins voice in my head and I'd be like call myself a pussy in there <laughs> I did it works, it it works. so I'm like if Goggins was here he'd be calling me a bitch right <laughs> yeah. now do you know what I mean because my I'm my own worst enemy and stuff like yeah. that you know and I replaced my voice with him stay hard <laughs> stay hard mate I, I, I listen to this where he like reads out mean comments Oh, and then he plays it while he's running. Yeah, I love like, that. People like, taking the piss out of him. Fucking love Mate, that, that's I insane, isn't it? Like, it's so funny. Like he's uh, he he is like a legend, isn't he? Like a total fucking legend. I can't get enough of him, mate. He's uh, you listen to his stories about when he does. He did that like what was it like the death race or something where he ran. He had to run hundred hundred miles in twenty four hours or something like that. Like, his feet were broken. Yeah. His head. Like he was pissing blood. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. Piss and blood. I mean, recently he um, did you have, did you listen to Joe Rogan? Yeah. Because he came on Joe Rogan recently, and um, because his knees is fucked up, and he had like a surgery or something on it, and then like, he he literally shouldn't be able to walk at that no. point, and then he did one of those, I think it was one of those uh, like a hundred mile races yeah. with that knee, and then he went to see a doctor afterwards, and the doctor was like, I don't even know how. You can walk. <laughs> Never mind, do stay <laughs> on. <laughs> 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 the doctor, <laughs> and he came second in the race. Mental man. Like this. Uh, he well, he operates outside the laws of physics. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He doesn't give a fuck about it. He just, he just uh, one day you'll say David Goggins flying. I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, just do, he just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he so just does a, what he wants. <laughs> there was a meme when um, we finally do go to Mars. <laughs> Have you seen this one? No. <laughs> David Goggins already there running. He was like fucking land on Mars. Like, Goggins running towards you. <laughs> Stay on it. <laughs> that would be fucking terrifying. Well, imagine if. David Goggins was the first people aliens met. Do you know what I mean? They would, they would think they were, they'll be like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning back. around. <laughs> back home, lads. <laughs> back on the ship. <laughs> He's fucking brilliant, like. Absolutely love him. Absolute legend. Oh. 
No, but for, um, on a real though, like yeah, for someone like listening, who's actually going through, like a mental struggle, um, like a, a battle with them within themselves. When they walk in the doors, that's like the biggest step, I think, because how the balls it takes to turn up to something like that where you don't yeah. know anyone, walk through the doors and share your problems, <laughs> takes massive. I have so much respect for them. It takes a huge amount of balls. So just acknowledging there's a problem is is the first thing. It don't hide from it. So if if you you know in your head if something's something's going yeah. on, you you know. So acknowledge it. Um, that would be one. Two, I would say get help. So either, so we're at, um, <clears throat> we're obviously at the Bakelite every Wednesday, seven o'clock, literally anybody can turn up as long as you're a man over 18. Um, but it's not just us. So you can, either, you can, go, you can self-refer online to say a counsellor or a therapist. That's free, but that's where you get your waiting list. And do that. There's Andy's Man Club. They're a free talking group every Monday. Uh, there's Man Health, they operate in Durham. Um, in Newton Aircliffe, I think, in Washington. So there's there's lots of help. There's if you care, share. There's so many organisations where you can get help. So that would be that would be my second one. Is just reach out, uh, even if it's just sending me an email, whatever you want. You can just reach out. Um, and then third, I would say is a, is a big tip is to start writing stuff down, start journaling. It's massive. Um, but there's, there's, you know, it's, it, I say those those three tips because they are important, but they're not in any order. And there's all there's, there's more. There's like exercise and it's it's massive like exercise outdoors as well massive just getting out in nature is unbelievable how how good it helps you mm. um and, and you know, just look look at your life and look and look and think what what is the part of my life that aren't working really f- focus on that like what what is it about my life i don't like mm. you know am i lonely am i am i in a relationship i don't like am i in a job i don't like what is it? You know, like just try and look at yourself and think, what is it about my life that's really causing this sadness? And you might find the answer, you might not. Um, but what it does is it starts, it starts you looking internally at what the problems are instead of externally because we can always feel like life's happening to us and to some people it is because some people experience grief and loss and situations that are totally out of their control. And, and you know, I do not have all the answers. All I've got is 10 years of experience of feeling like shit. Um, but but for some people, I think you can you can think life's happening to you, and it's not. You can do stuff about you can do a lot about basic things, you know, like sleep, food, exercise, outdoors. If if you start doing that, them four things properly, that that that's a really good baseline yeah. to start lifting yeah. you. It's not gonna you, you might not cure yourself, obviously, but it's a really good baseline where to start. And it's not the off, it's not the answer people want sometimes, yeah, because they they want to be told. I think people often want to be told, like, oh, well, yeah, this is the problem and this is how we're going to fix it, you know? But it's, it's deeper than that. And I think just giving yourself a really good fighting chance in the sense of get a good amount of sleep, eat nice food, stop eating fucking shit all the time, mm-hmm. which is what I do. And, I, and whenever I do it, I feel like shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if, if I want to root one back into depression, I know exactly how I'll do it. I'll stop saying people, I'll drink more, I'll eat shit, I'll stay in the house. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll give space up. I, I know if I did that, I'd be back into it. I just know I would. Do you know? I, I just absolutely. That's a very uh, sick way to look at it. You said you know exactly how to become depressed. Mm-hmm. How many people say that? Yeah, I, I, I know how to become yeah, depressed. Yeah. I, I do. Uh, I, I, I could, I could walk into that tomorrow if I wanted mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Guys, I know how to do it. And it, which is, which is a weird. Th- I've never said it before like that, but it's, it's a weird thing it's to think about. Yeah. It's like. I could do it if I wanted. <laughs> Why the fuck would anybody want to do that? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's <laughs> like it's it's horrible. It's it's the absence of anything meaningful in your life for me. Well, that's what it was for me. It, it, you know, one of the things that's really important with the lads who come is like everybody's story is so different, and there's there's no one thing mm. that'll help everyone. But there is certain things that are really foundation level stuff that can mm. really help to lift you a little bit and give you a bit of like a whoa, I feel good. Like you know, getting outside and taking a deep breath. After you've had a good sleep, you, you know, like just 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 being out there and just taking a moment to act, just act, like go right, I'm alive. Take a deep breath. I'm outside. Like you know, like it just there's something. It's just written into your DNA to enjoy that. You know, it really yeah. is. It makes you feel good. Just t- going outside and take a deep breath. I think sure. these stories really would be really helpful as well. Like a story of someone like you, for example, mm. who's who 
who's actually been through that shit, yeah, yeah. like been through the worst that you could go through, yeah. but then come out on top. Yeah. Like I think. Like that, that's what, yeah. that's exactly what I try to tell people. Because yeah. I've had lads come in who have been over the other side of the bridge. So in Sunderland, like, I don't know if you've been in Sunderland, like the Weymouth Bridge. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's bad for people jumping over. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We've had lads come who the week before he was over the other side hanging on. Um, and he came in and he, this lad was, <clears throat> and I, I, I know you won't mind us saying this, I'll, I'll not tell any details about him. Um, but he, I met him and he was, he came in and he looked a bit dishevelled. He looked, he had sort of muddy trainers and stuff on. Um, and I heard him mention sort of space. So he came over to us, this was quite early on this. And he came, I came over to him and I went to shake his hand and I went, he's about 45 and I went, how are you doing mate, you all right? And his second his hand touched mine and he burst out crying. Just burst out crying. So I took him into the room and we sat in the room. He told me how he'd been, last week he'd been over the other side of the bridge. Tried to kill himself a few times before all his problems and he was just crying and crying and then after like half an hour this person who was like he just looked like he wasn't there he looked brighter and he was like sat upright a little bit and at the end give him a hug and that just like shook his hand give him, he looked like he needed it don't do that everybody mm -hmm. um i give him a hug and he, cause he looked like he needed it and he, he was the smile on his face he was beaming he came back month after month and then after like two or three months later he came back and he like his clothes like he was dressed well like his haircut, yeah. looked smart, he was bright, he was bubbly, he was helping other people. He was like helping the people go through stuff and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, yeah, he, was, he, yeah. he was gonna kill himself like the week before. And he stopped coming. And, and, and that for me is hard because I, I wanna see these people more. But I also have to accept that I can't solve people's yeah. life problems. I've just gotta give, give them a space to talk. But what I also take solace from is the fact that he hopefully knew that he maybe felt like he could handle it yourself now. It would take yeah, life, yeah. life on yourself, which is the gold standard, really. No, but like you did that, like which is <laughs> which is such. Like, I give, I give him the space, mate. I give him the space to just to 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 do that himself, you know. Yeah, no, of course, but like, do you know, you provided yeah. the opportunity there yeah. for yeah. that person yeah. to like change. Yeah, I think uh, it's important that we create opportunities <clears throat> to do stuff like that. Yeah. where we create environments where people can be learning something new they can be better mm -hmm. so when before they come they leave better kind of the mentality yeah, yeah, like yeah, i think definitely, definitely. i think um those are very important things one, one of the things i used to say to myself when i was depressed was um i'm better today than i was yesterday that was what i'd say to myself mm -hmm. every day and i would always just make sure that i was i did something that meant i was better today than i was yesterday and then incrementally that became bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more important and those smaller things just built this m much bigger mosaic of the person I am today. Um, you know, whether that was making me on bed or helping people or whatever it is, it just all all these little tiny actions yeah. just create this huge mosaic of who you eventually become when you're not that depressed person anymore. But well, how, uh, how long's that been? Just yeah. over an hour now. Jeez. But yeah, it's Honestly, mate, I can't wait for your book. Yeah. I can't wait for your book. <laughs> I want, I want this diary, like all this stuff down. <laughs> I've, I've got think, some interesting stories in there, like a lot of people. Honestly, honestly, yeah. Yeah. no joke. Yeah. I think this podcast is gonna help people, even if like you know, like we we think if a podcast doesn't blow up, whatever. But if it can help one person, be educated in a certain. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've done our job. Like mm -hmm. it isn't to sell out and like mm -hmm. you know what I mean and get the. But if I can help someone, that to me is more meaningful than. Of course it is, mate. You know it's, what I'm it's, saying? It's, Getting it's, like. I, I, well, that's what it is. It's a pursuit of something meaningful, isn't it? And uh, Annie's Man Club, they're, they're brilliant what they do. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they talk about that. They, when you, you mentioned the phrase there, they say that one man. Because um, they say if we can just reach that one man, mm -hmm. job done. You know what I mean? And then once you've reached that one person, you just keep. Who's next? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Just keep going. That's what I said at the beginning. I was like, if I can help one person, I've done my job. And we did that within about a week. You know what I mean? And then now we've helped over, well over sort of 50 individual people. And we've had wow. like over 200 hours, well, almost 200 hours of support groups for people. And we've did walks, charity events, and it's just gone from strength to strength. And like now we're we're getting more in our groups than we ever have. And, to, and I'm having to get to the point where we're going to have to start splitting the group in two. And like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. the it. need's there. Yeah. The need is there. Which is amazing, like. Mate, that's so sick. Yeah, love it. 
But honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah man. Man. appreciate you asking me on. Like, <laughs> really appreciate you asking me on. It's, it means a lot because this is it's like a new part of the journey. All this stuff. Yeah. Is, I'm at a point where I can tell my story hopefully and help other people yeah. come out of it. So I, I really appreciate you giving us the platform just to no, I, to speak I, about. I, you I know? hope like people know about what you're doing mm. because yeah. it's, obviously it's making a huge impact. Yeah. And then the more people that know about it, the you know the more help people people can actually get. Yeah, definitely. Which is beautiful. That, that's that's the thing. I, I, I want people to know if there's one thing to take away, it was just that there is help available. Because mm -hmm. the, the, I, I said this on one of our videos before, but they, it's the hopelessness that really kicks mm -hmm. you. Yeah. When you're down and you're hopeless, so you don't think there's a way out. That's that's where the dangerous point is. Yeah, that really is where the dangerous bit is. If you don't think you can get out, but you absolutely can. Absolutely can. And I'll have evidence of that, you know. 100% love that, man, love that. But thanks for coming on, bro. No, cheers, boys. Do you, you want to, like, plug your, um, like, Insta? Yeah, whatever. Just if, if if anybody wants to get in touch with us. Um, so we're on at Space Northeast for everything. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can get my email addresses, james at spacenortheast.org. Anybody can send me an email. I'll always respond to everyone. Um, you know, if you've just got a question need some tips or whatever it is and we're at the big light seven o'clock every wednesday no sign up needed just turn up i'll be there every week um and my volunteers will be there to help and just come for a coffee you know come for a cup of tea whatever you want yeah um just don't suffer in silence i guess yeah man that's so sick really respect that no worries man cheers for having me on boys beautiful but yeah right. on on that note thank you for listening catch you next time all right peace peace, peace. Cheers, boys.